video. It's great. was that? I bet you were all going, I wish we were there in that heat, carrying rocks and building a road. It was amazing. It was so good. And we just had such a good time. And can I say that every single person that you see walking on the stage right now was incredible. We had such good unity in the team and such a can-do attitude. It didn't matter what came up, what had to happen, how many changes there were, they just made it all happen. They shone so brightly, and they did you guys proud, Emerge Church. They did you very, very proud. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you also for your prayer support while we were in Cambodia. It's one of the main ways that the church can back us and help us while we're there. We do feel your prayers while we are over there. And um, we saw God moving in us and through us uh, the whole time. Now, we had an interesting project this year. We um, built a road and um, us. <laughs> Just amazing. I remember when um, I went to Rob and he was like, oh, okay, cool, what are we doing this year? And I'm like, well, we're building a road. And he paused, and he probably had a 1,000 things going through his head, and he gave a little smirk and said, okay, let's have a look. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> but it was just so fantastic, and without Rob, we wouldn't have been able to do it. So thank you for all the... All the help with the planning and the stress and the Zoom calls and the headaches. He's a legend. He's a legend. Yeah. Well, church, this, this school that we built the road at is the same school that we raised the money for Bikes for Cambodia. And the pastor wanted us to wait until we got there so we could do an outreach concert to hand out the bikes and spread the gospel, which is really smart, right? So... Um, it went so, so well, and um, we just saw 
the team who had just built a road prep for, for this, our third day of building a road, go and go, okay, we're doing a concert now. So go set up for a concert, do all the checks and the preps and the everything, then do a concert on our third day of building a road, which is just incredible. We had a great time. We sang songs. Pastor Joe preached a fantastic message. We saw salvation. So Pastor Mark, there was everlasting fruit. Yes. There were lots of dignitaries. We reached out to so many people in, in, in different communities around that one, which was just incredible. Um, we had photos with every single one of them. They do love their photos. And um, we got to hand out the bikes for Cambodia, which was just so incredible. And near the end of handing out the bikes, we were told that um, some of the kids were walking off and they said, are we dreaming? Aww. I know, right? How beautiful is that? They just couldn't believe that they had their very own bike. And some of these kids were this big, but the bikes were like, <laughs> it was unbelievable. And I said to the pastor, maybe we should go get them smaller bikes. And he said, oh, I'll check with them. No, 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 they wanted the big bike. And you see these tiny kids riding around on bikes and they can't sit on the seat. They just stand the whole way because the seat's up here. They can't get to it. But at the end of the concert and the bikes and everything's finished, I saw some parents coming up and they were kind of like pointing to the kids and pointing to the bikes and pointing. To, and I'm, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they're saying, I want my kid to get a bike or if they're saying my kid was supposed to get a bike. And so I went to the pastor and I said, what was all that all about? And he said there was a miscommunication somewhere and there were four kids who came to the concert expecting to get a bike and they didn't get a bike. And I said to him, we can't do that. We have to get them a bike. And thanks to your generosity, when we raised money for the rice, you guys were so generous. We raised over and above. I was able to say, here's the money. Go get them bikes. And he went and got them. He took them and he delivered them, and those kids were just, and, and the parents, over the moon, which is just absolutely fantastic. They're still thanking us for the road, for the bikes, for the hospital visit that we did, and um, we deposited much fruit in that place, and it will just continue to grow for many, many years to come. But church, we have so much to share with you tonight. We're going to go over to the team. And one of our team members actually have a story that started way before the Cambodia trip. So he's going to start us off by sharing his story about that. So thank you, Keith. Oh, hey guys, how are we doing? That's good, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm starting it off. Um, so... Pretty much, um, I played at an event last year at like a Youth Alive event, and um, I was on keys, it was like a ministry moment, and I felt this tap on my shoulder, and there was a pastor who was behind me, and he's like, oh, can I pray for you? And I couldn't hear him, so I just nodded. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I had my um, ears in. Um, and he begins to pray for me, and I couldn't hear much of it, but I heard him shout this one word, I heard him shout the word missions, and I was like, oh, okay, nice, cool. Um, and so, you know, I thought about it that night, and I was like, probably doesn't mean anything, but okay. Uh, so I held on to it, 
And then three months later, we're at a creative team night and Alex is talking to my mom. Shout out Alex, shout out Dee. Um, <laughs> she's talking to my mom. Um, and um, he goes, oh, we need a drummer for the trip, you know? And mom's like, oh, you know, I'm sure Keith would love to come along. Uh, I should ask him. And then um, out of the kindness and generosity of Alex, Alex, Alex's heart, he um, actually paid for half of my trip. So yeah, thank you, Alex. Appreciate you. And then it gets, it gets even better. Mum was talking to, to him as well, and, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'll just pay for the other half. So I pretty much went for free. So, <laughs> hallelujah. And so in that moment, I knew that it was definitely a God thing because I had no intention of wanting to go. Um, but, you know, it all fell in place, and yeah. So, yeah, that's how um, I ended up going. And, yeah, it was a great trip. I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, I think one of the highlights was um, just seeing, like, um, people like Alex and, um, and Don, you know, we love them. Uh, yeah, they were just really good, like, fathers and, like, you know, uh, even, like, grandfathers to our team. Um, yeah, so I appreciate that about them. Uh, <laughs> oh, that makes sense. You're not old, Alex. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I still love you. But, yeah, I'm done. Thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Talita, and I would love to share um, to you the experiences I've had. Um, every moment of the trip was very, very special and unforgettable, but I would love to share just some memories um, that were very special to me. Um, one moment was when this little boy, probably around five years old, um, sung Baby by Justin Bieber after the concert while he was sitting in my lap. And um, all these beautiful children would just take turns sitting on my lap, touching my hair or poking my back and some of them just wanted cuddles. I also remember it was long after the kids finished school. Without being told, they stayed back to help lay the rocks for their new school road. Others just wanted to stay and hang out. And through Google Translate and Blackpink music, um, I eventually told them how to play an Australian classic, Duck Duck Goose. Um, we also played soccer, volleyball, tiggy, um, and made up games that brought so much joy and laughter. Feeling the fullness of joy from their smiles taught me that simple things create a powerful impact. We are able to connect and we couldn't even speak the same language. So today I also wanted to um, honor Pastor Firam from Cambodia today, a pastor, soccer coach and school teacher that made a great impact on my life. I could see Jesus so evidently through who he was, going out of his teaching time to take me to the hospital loving on his students as his own children and making it to every concert through our trip. Even with the little he had, he did so much through his dependence on God. It taught me a very powerful lesson that when you have nothing, you realize you have everything. Instead of relying on money, technology or more resources, you start to rely on the one true hope and that is Jesus. He always opens doors and he opens so many for us. The obedience of going into a random music shop that unexpectedly broke into a worship session. To Crystal, Jess and Jordan praying over my back spasm at a local park and there just happened to be international doctors to help me. At the governor asking permission for us to sing worship songs at his party, a Buddhist community. Seeing God breaking through in every moment was 
amazing to see, like just our dependence on him and how he made that evident in our life. There's so much I want to say, but what I've taken back is bringing this solid hope in everything we do, knowing that it is in the simple things, the things we may think are insignificant, God uses to make a powerful impact. There are many people God wants to impact here in Australia, and sometimes it is hard, but just as Jesus taught me, not to underestimate the simplicity, because he is the one that makes powerful things in the way that he moves. So I've been on a few missions trips. <laughs> I, I think when we were talking about this is my seventh trip to Cambodia, something like that. Um, and they're, they're seeing God move. It, so this one here, catching up with Nikki, and it's like, yep, we need to build an access road for the school. And I'm like, uh-huh. So do, do you see these rocks? They're, I thought it was just going to be mattress rock, which is normally a 150 rock. These things were flipping huge. <laughs> yep. To give you an idea, we had 100 ton delivered. Oh. They all went in like that. This is what this team... So, because initially when I'm talking with Nikki, I looked at the team, <laughs> and in my head, I'm going, okay. <laughs> all these guys are stars. They just... Nobody got precious. Everybody just pitched in. It was, it was just, it was beyond awesome. Because I, I thought, I honestly thought it was going to break me. <laughs> and I'm used to a bit of hard labour. So yeah, it, just just seeing that, seeing God move. There, there was a hundred ton of large rock, about seventy ton of small rock. I don't even know how much steel we put in, and and then there was another. I think it was about seven truckloads of concrete. Um, all these guys, like hats off to, to Jordan. Like, it wouldn't have happened without him pitching in and helping me. Being able to lean, like being able to lean on people and having everybody in this team actually prepared to, that when you go up to them and say, listen, I need you to do this, just being prepared to take the weight. It, this, these guys were just incredible. It was, it was awesome to see. So, so good. You know, church, before we went over to Cambodia, I was talking to the pastor over there, and they love soccer. They are soccer mad over there. So they all want to do a friendly soccer game with us. So it's like, okay, but we are not a soccer team. <laughs> we don't normally play soccer, so this is just going to be like a fun soccer game, right? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, we no good either. We no good either. So after building a road for three days and doing a concert, it's now time to have the soccer game. And so I'm like, 15 minutes, guys, we tired. Like, like our guys can't go through a whole soccer game. So they're like, oh, they're a little bit disappointed. It's like, okay, okay. So we're standing, we're just hanging around and stuff. We turn around. They've got like a full-on professional soccer team <laughs> all kitted out doing warm-ups uniforms, and they're just like ready to smash us. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, we were just like, oh, right, okay. Our guys did so well. 
But there was one person, we have a soccer hero, there was one person who went above and beyond. This person showed us the true meaning of blood, sweat and tears. And Church, I'd love to introduce you to our local soccer hero, Mitch. Um, I don't think I was really the uh, hero for our team because I may or may not have scored an own goal for our team. Um, so definitely the hero for Team Cambodia. Um, if you ever come on a missions trip, don't play soccer while wearing Crocs because that's what's going to happen. Um, so I've got a couple of things I'm going to share about my trip in Cambodia. Um, the first one is just, um, just handing out invite cards around the local town centre um, at the basketball court. I love basketball, so I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. But just during that, we just like, as groups, just gave out cards, had conversations with people. Um, it was really awesome. We had some, a lot of us had just random encounters at this, like handing out invite cards, um, just God encounters that we weren't expecting. Like, first person I talked to was like a Filipino kid. That's where my parents are from. Um, and his parents were like, his dad's a pastor. I was like, whoa. <laughs> that was like the first conversation with someone who's a Christian. It's just crazy. And then, um, just another thing, uh, one of the last nights we were handing out invite cards, Keith and I was just talking to these random group of guys who had a guitar, and we are like, oh, these sound like they're playing like a worship song. Um, so we were just like, oh, we'll just hear them sing, and they were like, um, little did we know, it was like a worship song in their language. So Keith and I was like, Keith was like, oh, pass me the guitar, I'll play. And then me and him just started, uh, what do we sing? Probably how great is, I don't know, Keith doesn't remember. I think we were saying how great is our God. And then um, gave the guitar back. They sang another song. It was just cool. Just um, random God encounters at the park we weren't really expecting. Um, and the second second point of my trip in Cambodia is um, I had the honor and privilege of like preaching at a church there. Um, I've never like did a whole church service preach before, so it's already a challenge. Isn't it? Um, and then doing it in English was even another challenge, but. <laughs> Um, I just felt very honoured and privileged to speak there and very encouraged um, the pastor's history of how they um, established the church wasn't the best. He was like condemned, like really hated on by his community, literally hated on all the people by any street where he lived in. Wow. But um, he persevered through all that hate and, you know, um, showed and declared God in his, his community, which like really touched my heart, really encouraged me and just... Um, all the other moments um, before that, just the whole trip, just the Cambodians really rising from their dark history was, um, <laughs> was, was really great to see. So, yeah, that was it. Enjoyed it. Should come next year. Hi, guys. Um, kind of bouncing off what Mitch said about, like, the unexpected encounters, um, I think one of my favourite highlights from the trip came out of something that we didn't plan wasn't on the itinerary. Um, I think it was day two or three. It was the day before our concert, our like big first concert for the school we've been building the road for. Um, we were in like the end of the day, we were resting, we were relaxing and Alex comes and says, you know, I know this guy that's working at the ho last hotel we stayed at. So we're like, what the heck, let's go see if he's still there. So we, you know, go through the town center, we start walking down the street. Um, there was a little group of us, but we were walking down the street and there was this music shop that we walked past and I think it was called Peace Music Shop. And we looked at it and something about it just screamed, you know, go in. Um, 
And at first we were all kind of hesitant. We were like, oh, we'll come back on our way back. We'll go do what we have to do and, you know, come back on our way back. And, um, and as we were sort of starting to itch our way back to what we were doing, the lady on the inside started just like, yeah, come in, come in. We're like, okay. So we started walking in and it's always really awkward because you don't know the language barrier. Like I knew five words, like yes, no, hello, goodbye, thank you. So you walk in like, um, but we walked in and, you know, Keith just casually picks up an acoustic guitar, Alex picks up a bass, they start plugging it in, they start just jamming. The owner of the shop walks out, pretty great English. He walks out and he says... He walks out and he says, hello, how are you? And we all just looked really shocked. We were like, oh my goodness, hello, like you speak pretty good English. Um, believe it or not, he was actually a pastor of a local church. And we walked in and he was telling to tell us a story and they were saying you know, what are you doing? Are you musicians? We're like, yeah, we're holding a concert. Um, he's like, oh, you know, he obviously knew about it, the Christian, the church conference. He said, oh, can you play us worship? And so we had a conversation figuring out what song we could sing. It was How Great Thou Art. Um, oh, I have a video of it if any of you want to see it after. But we were huddled in this really small room and um, singing How Great Thou Art. And they've got their little son in the middle dancing away. Um, the, you know, the pastor's a singer. His wife was the lady who ushered us in. She was singing, all the staff came out from their teaching rooms, they started singing, and the whole room was just filled with praise in that moment. And um, we, it's hard to explain, but as we were walking out, we just had to stay, and we just started talking and heard his story about, he was a pastor of a church, he felt led to open this shop, and it really wasn't easy for him. And from what I sensed, there was, you know, financial hardship, there was struggles coming his way, and how he worded it was, you know, it's been hard, it hasn't been easy, but God's called me to do it so he will provide for me. And it was really encouraging for us because I was personally nervous for the concert because, you know, it's a new thing. But hearing his confidence and faith in God encouraged me, but I also felt that we encouraged him because, you know, if you're struggling in a business and then a group of Australians walk in, Christian Australians, and join you in worship and encourage you saying, you know, keep going, you're doing good, God, you know, designed this for you. Um, so we walked away and as we were walking away, we realized they actually shut. 20 minutes after we first walked by. So if we hadn't gone in, if we hadn't, you know, pressed into what God urged us to, we wouldn't have had that encounter and we wouldn't have met those awesome people. So yeah, thanks. Uh, hello, my name's Alex. That was my fifth trip and that's all I'm gonna say about that. Um, I'd just like to share some things that really impacted me um, greatly. Um, like. I look at all the trips that I've been on and, you know, the thing that I've loved about them is the new friendships. It doesn't matter on age or any dynamic, um, you know, around that type of thing. Uh, I think I was almost the oldest one there on this trip. But, but anyhow, what, and another thing I loved also was the fact that the three locations were represented. Uh, and, you know, I got to meet people that I didn't know and you know, it's an experience that we all shared together that you're going to remember the rest of your lives. So basically, uh, as Joel um, said, talking about the shop, like, I want, like he's given you much more detail than what I was going to, but just that experience of it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you know, it's the same God. We, we all serve the same God. So from that perspective, you know, I felt that they were greatly encouraged, but we were greatly encouraged as well and just confirmed, um, you know, why we were there. And also the school that we went to this time was out of, out of um, Sisyphon, and for me, it was the most impactful um, job that we've actually done, like in any of the schools for me, but just for me personally. 
yeah, like it's really grassroots, you know, where they are in their community. Um, you know, to see the kids uh, was just incredible. Um, and that's almost, almost done. I'm doing what Nikki said not to do because Joel stole the thunder. <laughs> but anyhow, it was a wonderful trip. If you haven't been, um, you know, go. Uh, I can't say any more highly of. And, and well, there was one other thing I was going to say was I was an official grandfather for four of. So when I went, when we went for a walk um, with, so it was Keith, Mitch, Joel, and Talita. Yeah, they were my grandkids, and I was telling people that I knew that these are my grandkids. <laughs> so it was a pretty eclectic group of grandkids that I had. <laughs> but it's been, it's been a privilege and an honour, and <laughs> it's been a privilege and an honour, and um, yeah, I'm grateful to God. And, and for me, it was all about sharing and showing God's love. Well, church, we had another hero rise up on our trip, and he was the new Justin Bieber. He was the only team member who needed security. (laughs) Even I stepped in a few times. (laughs) But it was just so good. He was such great value to have on the trip. He's our youngest team member. I introduce to you Ephraim. on the trip, um, Ephraim, she said. Um, so when I first found out and I knew I was going on the mission, I didn't really know what my call was or what I was gonna do, because I was the youngest and I felt smaller than everyone else. Well, everyone else on the trip. Although as soon as we got into the first school, I knew that my call was to bring joy into the kids' lives, because the same age as me. And, um, just be through like playing games or hanging out with them. I found like a few good mates there as well. Maybe got their Instagrams and all that. You know? I don't think that was supposed to um, It truly was an experience that um, wasn't expected by me, you know, being Justin Bieber there. <laughs> but um, although through the first few concerts, I realized that I was sick because uh, me and our Gramsci Alex, we ate barbecue uh, barbecued grasshoppers the night before. Didn't sit too well in my gut. But um, never to fear, because uh, Jordan was here. He protected us from the, um, I escorted me out of the, out of the school and into the car in the aircon, because instead of being in the middle of a pack of teenagers surrounding me. Yeah. But um, throughout my tri- uh, whole trip, I believe that my highlight was definitely the final concert on the Sunday night when I realized that uh, all the hard work that we put in with all the kids and all that and uh, all the youth, that uh, the small things like spreading the word of God to them had paid off as we saw hundreds of youth and parents all standing around the edges of the concert we held. This experience uh, definitely changed my connection, not just my connection with God, but also the way that I see the world now in third world countries and everything. If there's one thing I can give to you now is that however small or insignificant you feel, God has a plan for you. And if you follow it and have faith, you'll surely see miracles and people being saved. Um, I cannot recommend this trip more to anyone interested and it's definitely been a highlight in my life. Uh, in my life, I'll never forget. Thank you for listening. So my name's Crystal and I was the nurse on the trip. 
Um, my, uh, Nikki asked me to start back before the trip started. So October 21, we started coming to Emerge. And at that time, I felt quite lost. I didn't know how I could serve God, growing up in a Christian family, minister's um, daughter, and had always served. Um, came to this new church and didn't know how I could serve God. Spoke with Pastor Joe, with Nikki and other wise people that I knew, and they just kept coming back to me and saying, have patience and ask God. One Saturday, my sister invited me out to Dolby, where there was a Christian conference out there. And I went to that, and I ended up praying with um, the pastor that was there, and she said to me, have patience, God's going to show you the direction. Well, because we love going to Emerge, we rushed home that night to make sure we were at church on the Sunday morning. And as we walked through the door, Pastor Nikki says, can I speak with you a second? And I'm like, oh, sure. And she said, would you like, or would you consider coming on the Cambodia mission trip as our nurse? Um, we've got a couple of doctors going and we'll make that happen. I'm like, oh, oh, oh my gosh. And I started getting quite nervous. I said, I'll pray about it and think about it. Um, and every which way I tried to turn to try and make it not happen, God kept giving me the green light that I was meant to go and be there. Um, my biggest hurdle was leaving my children. I have seven kids. Um, so uh, leaving them behind for 12 days was a massive thing for me. But God granted me graciousness and I was able to bring Ephraim with me. He's my son. So I had something to hold on to. Um, uh, so we were given, whilst we were over there, um, I was given the opportunity to um, go into seven classes and teach um, first aid, CPR, basic wound care to the teachers and the children were all middle grade. Um, I'd planned my lesson, but that soon went out the window when I realised I needed an interpreter. But Pastor Perrin was there and he was just the most amazing man. He um, was able to help with the teaching and the children were so receptive. I then was given the opportunity to go into the local uh, rural hospital clinic to be able to give gifts that had been given by the church um, and people that we knew. And we went in and um, to be honest, my heart broke immediately when I walked in there and saw how basic things were. Um, I come from you know, the hospitals here in Australia where everything is on hand. Um, the birthing suite there is a little maternity room with one bed. Everything was basic, but it was clean. Um, the nurses were just so beautiful. They came and the whole um, facility was run by nurses. There was no doctors there. I went into their pharmacy and the only two medications they had in their um, stock was um, amoxicillin and paracetamol. And in fact, one of those were out of date, but that's just me being OCD, checking dates. Um, when speaking near the end with the nurses there, it wasn't that they required help from me in the actual facility but they were very keen on learning how we educate over here and maybe helping out in the future with taking over a team that could possibly help do some short courses on education. So if we had people that were specialised in certain areas, we'd be able to do some small talks on that. Um, but it was very, very um, humbling going into that clinic. Then we, Ephraim and I went to the village. Um, we had a little church there that we were invited in. Um, the night before I'd been praying and God had given me what I was meant to talk about and um, as I was praying it brought up a little bit of history of what um, myself and my three older boys had been through and I'm like God are you sure this is what you want me to talk about and I just kept pushing through it was like this clear voice I went into um, the, the small village and there was 30 children there and only about eight adults 
And I was like, oh gosh, I don't think I meant to say what I had already prepared to say. And I said to the pastor that was there, this is what I was going to talk about. Are you sure that that's okay? And she unequivocally just said, you must say what God and you have prepared. And I'm like, okay. So I stood up there and my pastor's had domestic violence in it. And I gave that talk and a bit of my testimony. And um, as I had a few tears and I was giving my testimony, I looked to the back and the one lady had these big sunglasses on and she lowered her sunglasses and she had a massive black eye. So I knew what I was saying about safety and what God's expectation of us. Um, There was a Bible verse in 1 Peter that I read out to them and that we're not meant to stay in violence. God doesn't condone that. God wants respect between a husband and wife. So um, by that... She, the pastor later said to me, Crystal, not only were you talking to that one lady, but you were talking to those children, which was generational, and we were working that back up. So the children realised that it wasn't acceptable to raise a hand, either to a man or a woman or children. So, so that was, yeah, that was our, 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 my testimony. And it was just, oh, if you can come, I'm, I'm going next year. It was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I felt my relationship with Christ really deepened. And I went away with not having a purpose, and I came home with a purpose. Right. And a new family, too. And I'm always up for adding to my family. So. Yeah, I feel like you inherited another, another one to your tribe of seven with with our little relationship kind of deepening over there too, Crystal. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm Jordan, uh, just another dude, a loose unit from the Meyerfield campus. That, that, that made it over there. They, ASIO didn't stop me, so it's very good. Um, I was just there as part of the fan club, the, the Zach Ephraim, as we called him. By the end of it. Um, but no, I, I totally agree. And one of the highlights of the trip for me was the unity that we found in the team in the downtime. You know, there was so much that God was doing on the itinerary and through the plan, but when Joel, Mitch, Keith and I just chilled out in the room sharing testimony and sharpening each other and encouraging one night, that, that meant so much to me. We spent a few hours there just kind of bombing and downloading on each other a few things and it was incredible. You know, I had a really good time growing with some guys that I'd sort of seen around the traps here but hadn't really had or made the effort to kind of engage with on that level and it's it's incredible what it does to you as brothers in Christ to be able to sort of touch base with each other on that level and kind of reaffirm each other so that was incredible but by far one of the most profound experiences I had on that trip was when we visited the drug rehab Um, for those of you who don't know I've got plenty of time later on come find me uh, drug addiction and, and the breaking off of those changes is, is huge in my testimony. It's, a, it's an incredible move of God that he's done over my life when I gave my, my heart to God. So I felt incredibly uh, moved by the Spirit to, to engage with the people there. And when you see them, and, and we won't be able to put any slides up here now because it's, um, it's, it's a facility that the confidentiality has got to be maintained. But I would liken it to a POW camp if you could go in there and to see the way that they're treated. So it's touching and it almost brought me to tears, but I felt the Holy Spirit push me and was just like, they need to see evidence of this change. They need to hear it, Jordan. So I grabbed the mic. I sent Pastor Nikki a text message um, during the service. I was like, sorry, not sorry kind of thing. Like when I get that microphone, 
that obedience is going to come out. So I got up and I spoke because God's given me the authority because he's given me the story to speak the truth into that, into that situation as people. And one thing as an ex-addict I can tell you is that when you're broken down in an in a environment like that and in an institution, there's two options. You either have God come in and be part of the foundation that, that brings you back up, that when you leave a facility like that, you've got something other than your own vices to rely on when you come out. Or you go out without God and the only way to support yourself going forward is to everything that you knew. So to be in there and see a church presence and a God presence in those people's lives, cheering the breaking down and rebuilding phase is incredible. So keep praying for them, church. They are, there's going to be some breakthroughs there. Well, church, God worked in the lives of all of our team members, even the ones who had a name change. <laughs> and Louise was our birthday girl on the trip, so we got her a cake. And even though I wrote it so carefully, when the cake came, it was hilarious. We couldn't let it slide. Church, I introduce you to Laos. So my name is Louise, but on the trip I became quite affectionately maybe uh, referred to as Laos, um, which was um, was quite funny. Um, so yes, I had this lovely cake with happy birthday Laos on it, which is hilarious. So only in Cambodia, I guess. Um, but yes, I'm actually married to Rob and um, he has been on a, a fair few of the trips, so I've heard so much about the Cambodia trips and a lot of the behind behind the scenes stuff that happens. Um, and um, so it was a really unusual experience for me to finally go. And it was like I'd been there before, but I hadn't been there. It was like, ah, oh, yes, I know, I know what's happening. And I was, it was really an interesting experience to to finally be there. And um, and, and I guess for you guys hearing all the stories, you know, I hope that one day you get to experience uh, that, that experience as well over in Cambodia. Um, but a couple of experiences that I did want to share. Um, the first concert that we did at the school where we made the road, uh, uh, Joe was preaching and we were just all sitting at the front because they had all the, the lovely chairs for us. And um, there were some little kids playing in the sand there were a couple of little boys just down there, and there was this one little boy, and I could just see him listening to what Joe was saying. And the look on his face, oh, just give me goosebumps now, the look on his face was just like, I could just see him processing, like, what is this man saying? And it, it struck me that this was probably, in all honesty, the first time he's ever heard about Jesus. And I could just see him soaking that in and listening about the love of God for him. And it was like, this is awesome. This is awesome. Like these kids are hearing about the love of Jesus and a lot of them probably for the very first time. And it was just such a surreal experience to sort of be there and, and see that happen. It was just absolutely amazing. Um, and the other thing that, um, that I wanted to share was the church that we went to, uh, Rob and I went to on the Sunday, was quite a, a wealthy church in that it had the church building and the, 
the pastor actually lived in a building beside it and there were some other buildings there that initially I thought were stables where they would put goats or something, but I found it was their school. So I was really glad I didn't say, are these your stables? Um, um, but um, yeah, and it was like the, the, the pastor was saying that um, they were empty at the moment because there were just no teachers. And it was like, that's not okay. That's not okay. It was like, I'm a piano teacher by trade, but I'm sure I could teach them, you know, something. And um, it was like, for, for these people to, to grow and prosper, they need education. Um, you know, and I'm, I've always been a firm believer in, it doesn't matter what you called to do and, and what God calls you to do. If you've got a skill or a talent, you should just use it, you know. If you can cook, if you can fix a scratch, if you can teach, then do it kind of thing. Um, you know, and one of the things that um, COVID taught me, um, because I am a piano teacher, was that I had to take my lessons online. And I became quite quite the online teacher, I do have to say, in my, in my later years and, and getting a grip of technology. And um, a couple of the pastors that I was talking to were, were saying how they really wanted their kids to learn uh, piano, but they had no piano teachers. And I was like, I can do that. And I have the skills and the technology to do that. And so since I've come home, I've been able to connect and start some online lessons and teaching some beautiful children how to play the piano. So, yeah, it's, you know, whatever skill you have, God can use it. So, yeah. churches. Um, Joanna and I went to a much more rural church and it was a kids church so it was just kids there and I think maybe two adults um, and so I sat with a group of probably about 20, 30 little, little kids like all under 10 and we'd all prepared some testimonies and stuff and so I got up and I shared um, and then the translator that I had just turned around and started looking at me very expectant and was a bit unsure of what to do next. And she asked me if I had any more um, because she wanted me to then like run the rest of the program. And so <laughs> just, you know, I was like, oh, uh, okay. And just the day before, um, I'd had this like little moment where you know, throughout the trip, we've been praying about, you know, what to share and, you know, how God's going to move. And Pastor Joe had mentioned a few times to pray for good sleep. You know, reminded me of when I was young and I used to struggle with bad dreams and nightmares all the time and how I used to pray about it. And they went away. And so I got to share that with those kids there. And I could see them kind of like put the pieces together that you can pray for things that aren't big things, yeah. you know, praying to Jesus isn't just about, oh, my family has no food on the table, or, you know, my mum's really sick and I don't know what to do, you know, you can pray for the smaller things like, 
oh, I'm feeling scared or I'm having bad dreams, can you take them away? And so it was really, really moving to be able to see those kids, you know, a lot of them starting to pray like right there. Um, yeah, it was just amazing. Just incredible how God uses everyone so individually, isn't it? Well, the drug rehab is certainly a highlight for possibly everyone on the trip. But I had a moment at the drug rehab. It's always a highlight for me. I absolutely love going there. And as Jordan said, it's not because it's a beautiful, cushy, little fuzzy-feeling place at all. But um, while the concert was on, all the residents sit in this undercover area, and it's just really long and goes quite far back. And we were all positioned near the front because that's where they positioned us. And just while the concert was going on, I just felt the Holy Spirit to prompt me to go up the back where no one was. And so I just walked up the back and I just hung around there and I was just kind of, you know, making eye contact with some of these guys and, and girls and just smiling and giving them the nod or the, you know, the Cambodian hello. And just, just greeting them and you could see that they were just like, just so touched just because someone cared enough to even say hello. And at the end of the concert, I, I just stayed there because they all get stood up, holding on to each other and marched out. And I just stood there and they all had to come past me. So I just stood there and as they came past, I smiled at them, I said hello, I said thank you, just whatever, you know, happened for each different person. But I just saw how that some of these guys must have not been in there very long. Some have been in there quite a long time. But, you know, you just see these faces that are, that are hard and they're angry and they soften because someone cares. Someone is going, I'm looking at you. I'm looking you in the eye and I'm looking at you with love. And, you know, it doesn't cost anything to be obedient and show kindness and share God's love. And I just, that was just one of my incredible highlights of the trip. And it wasn't much in most people's eyes, but I know for those people it was, which is just incredible. But being at the drug rehab, doing the concert, we're going to hear from Joe, who's going to give us a bit of a different perspective. Yes, so uh, I was on band for um, the trip, and so being able to be on the stage and seeing everyone's faces. Um, and how they respond to the songs gives you a very different perspective that I've never had before. Um, and so we were running a little bit late, and so band has been rushed in to, to try and keep things kind of on track. Um, and so we've all been sat to the side while they get walked in. Uh, they're walked in in a very military and very prison-like way. Um, it's without joy. They don't have any hope. Um, there was some curiosity you could see in their faces, but there were many who just looked defeated. They had nothing left in them. They were just day in, day out doing the same sort of thing. Um, and eventually, so they're all sat down and we're, we're waiting for our turn and a guard gets up um, to sing. And he, I don't remember if it was just a song about God or whether it was his walk with God, but as he sings, we couldn't understand it, but you could feel the spirit in that moment and it, it truly opened the way for what we were going to do. 
Um, and then it was our turn and we were singing, This is Living and Happy Day. We got to sing of God's love and his hope and the purpose that he has for us. Um, many of them were clapping along in that first set, but I only remember one of them smiling. Um, and then we, we sat down and we're done our songs and Pastor Rachel preached that message. It was pretty much the same as every other place that we'd been to. It was telling them about a God who loves them, who forgives them for what they're doing uh, and what they have done. Um, and a God who wants a relationship with them. When it got to the salvation call, almost every hand went up. Wow. The, these people are lost. They know that they're missing something, but they before that they didn't know what it was. Um, and then when uh, we got to introduce ourselves and Julie said his story, you could see something else just click. When we went back up to sing our final songs, you could see that their lives had been changed and us being able to see that our lives were changed. Um, the other thing I wanted to share was about two girls that really hooked onto us. They were just local to the, to the town. Um, the first night I met a girl in the basketball courts and she spoke amazing English and she was only 11. Um, every night that week she came back to the basketball courts and she lived at least an hour Every night she came back so that she could talk to us and practice her English and, and hear about our lives. She's the sort of person who wanted to become super rich like Mr. Beast. She loves YouTube. Um, so that she could give away the money to the people around her to help them. Uh, on the second night, she introduced us to her 14-year-old friend who also spoke English very well. They were really good friends. Uh, every night that we went to the courts, they were there. And we invited them to the concert on Sunday night which they both said they weren't able to come to. They weren't normally in the area Sunday night. They weren't able to get their family there, all of that sort of stuff. I tried to encourage them a little, but they were set, no, we can't come. So I prayed. I prayed that we would see them at the concert, that they would get to hear more about God's love, hear some of the music, bring a little bit of extra joy. Uh, and we didn't get to see them for about two days leading up to the concert. But guess who came to the concert? Yeah. Guess I was just randomly... I was just sitting down, listening, and they walked up to me, and they're like, Joe, Joe, like, we could come, we made it, my brother's just over here, like, I want you to meet him and, and tell him about yourselves. I'm actually still getting messages from one of them. Wow. She just sends me a text about once a week just saying hi. Um, and now we pray that what we've done is lasting. Church, my name is Jess. Um, for me, this trip has been three years in the making. I was meant to go uh, a year before COVID started and I couldn't go, so three years waiting for me. Um, and it's just been the most incredible experience and I, I guess just the aura and wonder of God is really just present within like every single person that's like been on the trip, but also just being over there and sharing, like, you know, kicking a ball with these kids. I love soccer. Being able to kick, you know, play soccer with these kids, and they're so into it, they're so, and they're incredible. Like, if we have the kids over them over here, like, wow, we would just be winning the World Cup. Like, honestly, but they don't go to the World Cup because, you know, it's a poor country. Um, but, you know, um, but just being on the project and um, just being able to experience 
um, just how incredible these young people are and how much they just, they, they're eager. They were lifting rocks and helping us at the drop of a hat. We just started and they were in there and helping us. Um, but, you know, and even like the drug rehab center, um, you know, God is, Jesus is a compassionate God. And like just wait, just being there with our team and, and seeing them, you know, just like be really moved because like we're all believers and yeah. we're moved by what he's moved by. Mm. So like, you know, I guess I really felt called, I guess, um, led to share scripture with you um, just about that. But um we're all called to, you know, for something, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, to do something. And, and maybe that's missions, you know. But I, I really do believe, church, that, that we are called to reach the nations, yeah. that there is people here that will go. You will say to God, send me, and we will send them. Yeah. Merge Church will equip you and send you. I really believe that. Thank and I hope that you yeah. can, you know, if anything tonight speaks to you, um, then really pray into that and speak to our pastors and our leaders and say, send me, send me. I want to reach the nations. But this is a scripture I felt, really felt to let actually, uh, to read. Not that I have already obtained it, all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for what God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Hello, my name is Robin, and I'm sorry, Alex, but I'm the oldest. (laughs) By about five years. Um, But... Um, the best thing that I, well, it was, I guess it was a mixture of things, was going to the rehab centre. Um, it was a very emotional experience for all of us. It, it really got to your heart. And when we arrived, as people have said, they were in rows. But what I noticed, they were barefoot. And all the men had their heads shaved. And I thought, it's so humbling for those people to be put like that. And... Um, but this place helps people who are addicted to make changes towards a new life. And there was a pastor that we met and he works with other people there and they have access to all those inmates in that rehab centre and um, they talk to them about God and it results in many, many baptisms each month. Like, I think I heard 50 baptisms or something like that. So the people are really open. Um, although they don't look that happy when you see them sitting there on the ground, um, it, it was quite interesting. And the men were in lines in one area and women in another area. And as someone else has said, some of the women were trying to talk to us as we was watching what was going on. But they were shut down very quickly. So there's a lot of order there. Um, it's very controlled But our team encouraged them through worship and message. However, we were challenged. What are we going to do about this? What's our part in working with people who are addicted? It's not an easy road. 
And I was brought to tears. Some were nearly there, but I did cry. And um, about when they were walking out, when they all had their heads down, holding on to the person in front of them and walking out, it was like, it was like going back hundreds and hundreds of years ago watching inmates in a prison. Um, it was a very humbling experience. And um, Jess and I went to see where the men weave <clears throat> um, these rugs. And they weave them out of the, the parts of your T-shirts that go around the collar, around the arms and that. And they made these beautiful coloured rugs. And they gave one to each of us. And they asked us to put it, well, they did say, um, in your bathroom. And every time you stand on it, you pray for them. Well, I have mine in my bedroom. And I pray when I get on that mat. And it's, yeah, it's, and, um, yeah, they, so we need to pray for them in their rehabilitation. Sorry, I've got to turn over the page. So, uh, we also, Jess and I also got to go into the female area and saw all the women there. And there was one little toddler walking around in there. And this reminded me when I was a social worker within prisons in Brisbane. And even here in Brisbane, children are allowed to be with their mums up to the age of five. It's a really hard thing because then they're taken away from them. And um, so prison and rehab is not easy, but God can do miracles. There's a lot of time to think in those places. <laughs> um, so that was very impactful for me. Um, also, I got to go to a church service with Kathy and Don. So a lot of people, you know who they are. And um, we were welcomed by a young pastor. It was his first year out. And um, he had a congregation of mostly widows, a few couples and a number of children. And it was, a it was just a tin shed with dirt on the ground. And um, the congregation had pre-recorded music and they worshipped God enthusiastically. That's what I loved. You don't have to have everything to be enthusiastic. And the service was simple, but it was awesome. We couldn't stop talking about it on the way home. And um, Don got to read Nikki's book using the English translation and the pastor interpreted it into Khmer. He did not want to do anything, but he did that, and he did it really well. And Kathy shared her journey through a severe health problem where God provided restoration for her. And I shared about my friends who I had met as refugees living when I lived in Adelaide, and I was part of their healing process of telling them right. about God, and that was really good to share something that was, you know, about Cambodian people to them. Um, also at the concert, I kind of was a bit, felt like some of the time that I was a bit on nothing much to do, and um, Nikki was taking her books around and said, can I take them around? I need something to do. So I took these book, children's books and gave them out, but... As I moved around in the crowd and I was giving out the books, they were so eager to receive them and it was written in their language. And the children were so happy and then older people wanted them. And I thought, oh, my directive is to give it to the children. When I'm making a decision, I'm giving it to anyone who asks. <laughs> because the story impacts old and young people. So sorry, Nikki, they went quickly. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. Oh, good. <laughs> so, and the greatest thing was seeing all the bags of rice there that you all 
bought and they were stacked up high and people were so excited. That was fantastic. Well, church, Don and Kathy couldn't be with us tonight because they have moved back to CMRE, but they were such a fantastic part of the trip. They've done a quick video for us, so let's just turn our eyes to the screen. Hey guys, Don and Kathy from CMRE. As you know, we joined the Emerge Church to go to Sisyphon for the missions trip, and it was incredible. Some highlights. Hi guys. My special highlight was when I was able to pay for a young girl leaving school at one of the concerts. She was sitting away from everybody else and I was just able to chat about what she wanted to do in her life and she said she wanted to be a model. And I said, how are you going to do that? And she said, I don't know. So I asked if I could pray for her and she was open to being prayed for. And so we were able to sit there and pray about pathways into this career. The other one was watching my man step up at a rural church. That was pretty awesome. He. Um, we went to the church to ask us to pray for everybody and just watching Don praying for people, it was just touched my heart watching him watching him do it. Hey, hey guys. Once again, back at the church we went to, Nikki tasked me with the job of reading out her book, God's Treasure. And it was a moment that I won't forget, moment where I was totally scared and terrified because I had a bit of a stutter. And while reading the book, I'm thinking, I'm going to stutter, I'm going to make a goose of myself, but no, I didn't stutter. I turned the page just like so everybody could see, use some hand motions, they could see who's the tre God's treasure. And it was just phenomenal. It was, um, I was excited to do it, I really was. And explaining that they are the treasure in God's eye and in God's hands, it was just awesome. I want to thank everybody who was on the trip with us for their support. And I think without them, it, the whole trip would have been no, pretty mundane, but the group we had was just fantastic. Kath and I made some new friends on the trip, and yeah, Kathy, you want to finish off with something? Just let you know, guys, that we love you all, we miss you all, but we are having an amazing time here living in Seamweep. We love this place, we love the people, we love everything about it. Yep, and love you guys, and we'll okay. see you when we come back home. Thank Everybody. you. Bye. As Robin said, they were so excited after that Sunday service, they couldn't stop talking about it. Are we going okay? Yeah. You're happy to keep going just for a little bit longer? Excellent. Well, one of the things we got to do this year was go to a dinner at the governor's house. And there were the, all these doctors from America and they put on this massive um, dinner, which was, which was really, really interesting in some respects, which we won't go into tonight. But um, the governor got our band to do some songs because there was a whole band happening and it was just like this massive, hundreds of people there. And so our band gets up and they are doing these songs and this woman, one of the Americans, she just comes and stands in front of the stage like with her jaw on the ground staring at the band. And, I, <laughs> and I'm looking at her and I'm like, you're a Christian. You, you know what's going on here. And as soon as the band got off that stage, she was up there talking to him. She's going, how can you do that here? How can you sing those songs in this country? What are you, like, like how does that happen? You see, church, we have so much favor in Cambodia. And we tell you, yeah, we go and do this stuff and we do this stuff and we've got favor. But this is an example. People look at us and go, how do you do these things in this country? 
like preaching the gospel in a Buddhist country. And it's just the favor of God. He opens the doors. He's given us relationship. And it's just incredible that we, we just are able to share his love with people openly in front of all the government authorities. It's just incredible. But talking about our band, Pastor Rachel did an incredible job <laughs> of leading our band. It's her first trip. And she experienced a whole lot of change of plans, no problem, consistently. But it was absolutely fantastic. And she's going to share with us a little bit about a few challenges and a few highlights. Yes, it was an amazing trip. And we have an amazing team, uh, like this whole team, an amazing creative team who uh, definitely just came with a mindset that was flexible for changes and that was definitely challenged pretty much everywhere that we went. Every single day there was something changing. Um, them wanting us to get back up and do more songs and do all these things that were unplanned. But overall, like just the team was incredible to come with so humbly and ready to just serve the people of Cambodia. That's what we were there to do, to serve them, to love them. Uh, it's not about us. It's not about what uh, we can do. It's about just loving them. And you guys just did that incredibly. Um, I know that so many people have shared it tonight, but for me personally, I think uh, just being in that drug rehab center was such a highlight. Um, Pastor Joe was really sick at this point in the trip and change of plans, you know, that happened quickly. I was preaching in the drug rehab center, you know, the morning of, and, and just seeing, um, having the opportunity to share the love of Jesus with people who in our eyes, in the world's eyes have failed, um, having an opportunity to speak the redemption and the hope of Jesus to them and seeing them respond uh, with hands raised to saying yes to wanting a relationship with Jesus and wanting a fresh start. You know, when you see them and what they're going through and what they've been through in their life, for them to say yes to Jesus, I know, and we know as Christians that that is a uh, never-ending decision, that once they've said yes to Jesus, you can't change that. They're going to heaven. They've, they've accepted Jesus. They're going to be in heaven. And no matter what their life looks like from this point forward, I just am excited by the fact that they are saved and that they know that Jesus loves them and that God has a plan for their life. Um, that was just the most impacting thing to me. It's changed my whole perspective and my whole uh, just mindset around Christianity and that it's not just for us. It's for us to share and to have the opportunity to go to people uh, that are in a prison-like situation. It reminds me of um, just through the Bible where it says that, you know, you were in prison and you visited me and, and I needed something to drink. I needed that and you, you gave it to me. And I just think that that's what we're, it refreshed my call and my desire to reach people that may never have an opportunity to hear about Jesus and may never have the opportunity to be loved the way that he loves them. So that was just uh, the most amazing, life-changing part for me of this trip. Well, church pastor Joe was just fantastic on the trip. He couldn't be with us tonight. It's a bit slack, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do understand. But um, he was just such great value, and he was just so good building the road and preaching. And just, just He's an all-rounder. We all know that. He was just absolutely fantastic. But, yeah, he did end up with food poisoning, 
And uh, it wasn't from eating anything weird either. It was chicken that, that got him, which is, I mean, he ate other things. <laughs> it wasn't really chicken, maybe. <laughs> but um, you'll see some photos of Pastor Joe at the uh, combined concert, and uh, the, the guest preacher gets to sit along the governor or the assistant governor in this case on chairs that look like thrones. There's one up there. They really do look like thrones. So, as. <laughs> Due to the food poisoning that he experienced, <laughs> Pastor Joe will tell you that we all had to watch him go from one throne to the next. <laughs> While Pastor Joe was preaching at that combined concert, I was standing there and that, you know, he was kind of getting to that, that kind of winding up time and I had this tap on my shoulder and I turned around and there were these two girls and the one girl said, excuse me, would you be able to help me learn more about Jesus? I know, right? It's like... I suppose, no, it was like, absolutely, absolutely. So I had a great chat with them, prayed with them, connected them with a local pastor. Yes, very important. That's why we work so closely with the pastors committee over there because we come back to Australia and they need to be connected in to continue discipleship over there. So uh, we saw fruit. We saw more fruit. We saw much fruit. We saw everlasting fruit. In Cambodia, and it was just fantastic. Um, just very quickly, we were able to buy extra prizes for the concert, thanks to your generosity. Things that people can't afford, like rice cookers and fans and bikes and even two fridges. And I can't tell you how excited the pastors' committee were to be able to have these prizes at the concert. And uh, these people, the joy on their faces was unbelievable as they came up because they had won this prize. So it was just incredible. So thank you so much for that. And um, I just want to say, church, that we are just ordinary people with an extraordinary God. So good. And we just stepped out and God used us. We just saw God from the moment we set foot in, even before, like you've heard the testimonies, all the way through, we just kept going, how good is God? How good is God? Just seeing these beautiful things. And each of them have touched so many lives, and each of them have had God work in them and through them, which was just incredible, so life-changing. And um, you don't have to go to Cambodia to be used by God. It's an everyday thing. We just need to step out where we are, where he's placed us. He has placed us for a reason. So whatever your everyday is, just be obedient, step out, show love and kindness. And I just want to share John 15, 16 with you. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world and bear fruit. And your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my Father for my sake, he will give it to you. And I just want to encourage you. Tonight, if you, you don't know this God, you've come with a friend and you've heard these testimonies and you think, man, that's pretty wild. I don't, like, that just seems a little bit out of this world. Well, it is, but you can have that relationship where you can live your life connected to our Heavenly Father and have Him use you as well. So chat to a friend if they brought you. If they didn't, um, you can chat with a pastor or a leader or anyone with a Cambodia shirt. They'll be more than happy to chat to you. And um, pray about how you can be involved in Cambodia next year. It'll be 
it'll be great. There are different ways that you can be involved, whether you come on the trip or not. And um, we just want to ask for prayer for one thing. We've actually invited one of the pastors and one of the interpreters to come over for our summit. And he has an incredible testimony. And um, it's not as easy for them to come here as it is for us to go there. So please be praying that as we go through the process of getting them over here, we won't hit any hiccups and things will just go through smoothly and they'll be able to come and spend summit with us and just, just see our side for a change, you know, and just kind of have a bit of an understanding of Australia. So thank you so much for listening to our Cambodia feedback, highlights, recaps, everything. <laughs>